Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Jabril Jackson. And now again, Jabril Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owen and Dequel Jackson, bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. Brady, middle, intercepted by Dequel Jackson. Perfect, Ryan, intercepted, picked off at the five, touchdown Dequel Jackson. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen with my boy Dequel Jackson. We're here, and frankly... We're a little on the PO'd side. Now, I'm not going to oh, cuss man. for the first five minutes or so. That way this can be monetized. But uh, expect some four-letter words at some point during this stream. Okay? Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. But so besides the game, DeQuell, yesterday, mm-hmm. let's take that out of the consideration. How was your week weekend? Weekend was really good. Um it was good weather around here in D.C., so we got out a little bit. But uh, other than watching this uh, abysmal performance by the Colts, other than that, I was doing pretty well up until uh, this this football game. And I'm sure we got a we got a lot to talk about with this. But besides all that, I had a pretty good weekend. How about yourself? Actually, I I had a really good weekend as well. I mean, I was all hyped and ready to uh, for for the game. Uh, we both. Uh, picked the Indianapolis Colts to win by three and four scores respectively. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I ran a lot of, I, I ran <laughs> some streams. I, I, I hung out with family. Um, we had a little bit of a scare here in Indiana with some freezing, like it rained at night and then it dropped below mm. freezing and it has kept doing. So I was afraid we was going to have one of those ice sheets oh, over yeah. everything, yeah. but it warmed up overnight. You know, so that was that was uh, pleasant. I was like, all the luck is in our favor. It's, it should be a good weekend. And then yesterday <laughs> happened. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, yesterday. And I and I picked. I think my my final prediction was like thirty eight to ten. I picked yeah. a blowout. I thought Four the Colts were going to come out on fire, playing with a ton of energy, sense of urgency. I thought defensively, offensively, special teams wise, they were going to be clicking on all cylinders because this this is how important this game was to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars for the first time since 2014, since I was there, to beat them Mm -hmm. in Jacksonville and to see the game from the start of it, to see Trevor Lawrence just march up and down the field, you know, 12 play drive, a score. I thought I was in the twilight zone. I'm like, what the hell am I watching right now? Because this is Uh not the team that I predicted to win uh, by such a huge margin. And it was disappointing. It was embarrassing. This, to me, Mm -hmm. being a former player and being in that locker room and understanding how much the Ursays want to win and how much they invest into winning, this loss was by far probably the worst loss in recent history for the Indianapolis Colts. It's that bad. It's that bad for me. You you weren't the only one, dude. I, I yes, you said thirty eight to ten. I said thirty four thirteen. So we both had three scores and four scores respectively, and, and, and like we talked about, you know, we, we we just walked out of two bad games. We had the COVID game against um, the Cardinals, which somehow we 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 was able to win with our backups. Maybe we should have played with our backups in this. Game. <laughs> uh but and then and then against the raiders we had a a, a, i'm not gonna say it was a horrible game i thought i thought they came out Mm -hmm. i just thought the raiders wanted it more you know and and it was kind of a trap game it felt like 
There right. was no way I felt like that there was any chance Jacksonville was going to win. The trap game wasn't there, you know, because we just lost to the Raiders. We knew we had to win this game. I figured they would come out on all cylinders, firing oh. like heck, and oh. they came out flat as a tortilla shell. It was yeah. awful. Guys, I got to drop this right now before the five-minute mark happens. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to get paid. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. From football, baseball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for this upcoming 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Guess what? We're five minutes in. Now I can say it. There's a reason why I titled it Colts Drop Turd. In Jacksonville. And it's funny that I said that. And I go right to the comments, right in the front. And a, one of my boys, Alpha Wolf, who was at the game in Jacksonville, oh. drove to the game, said, oh, man. they didn't drop the turd. It got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, it, all the turd references are, apply right now. <laughs> right oh, my. Now. And you're, you're right, man. This, this was disappointing. It was absolutely disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. The offense seemed, seemed as though they were stuck in the funk. They couldn't get a rhythm. Um, you know, defensively, I thought it was too much of too soft a coverage. We we weren't challenging people. We, we there, there was no pass rush. It was non-existent. We had no pass rush. We didn't, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence stood back there like he was, you know, Tom Brady or something. Like he, you know, he had the best O-line in the game, but Yet, you know, tale tale of two of, of of two weeks where you know we have one of the best offensive lines in the game, but yet we got flat out just manhandled. We got bullied. We got and bullied up front. And the game started out the first two plays of the game. I was so excited. Started off yes, a big old hit by Kenny Moore. Uh, behind the line of scrimmage, then uh, Okereke ends up with a sack off of his right. blitz and then after that it went uh, it was yeah. it was awful um Kenny Moore missed more tackles than I could count I don't have that many fingers and, and that's <laughs> just something that don't happen yeah. Kenny Moore don't yeah. miss tackles you know yeah. DeForest Buckner wasn't able to seal up the inside like we normally like to see uh mm-hmm. our, our edge rush wasn't there we had to send blitzers all the time and still yeah. half the time couldn't get to Trevor Lawrence man it was awful. No. We talked about it. The only bright spot of this entire game was our kick return, where we had a couple really nice kick returns. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was absolutely it. And where were our Pro Bowlers? You know, you talked about one, Kitty Moore. We have one of the most, you know, uh, we represented, the Colts represented more Pro Bowlers than any other team in the league, I believe, if my memory serves me correct. But yet, I didn't hear anyone's name called. Jonathan Taylor was... He gave us what he could, you know, 15 carries, 77 yards. Carson Wentz, no, no. He was serviceable, but he didn't help. There was enough blame to go around. Our receivers couldn't get open. Our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. 
We 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 usually turn the ball over, yet we're turning the ball over. You know, from an offensive standpoint, the ball was on the ground far too often, no ball security. It seems as though this team came out flat and unprepared and overmatched, which I'm surprised I'm even saying that to the worst football team in the league. In the league, on third down, the Jacksonville Jaguars were not good at all. But yet they walk into this game against the Colts and they look like world beaters. Trevor Lawrence had his best start of his career going eight for eight on a, a 12 play drive and a score. And he just seemed to be, he seemed to make every throw when they needed to. And for whatever reason, I've said this, we both talked about this all year long when it came to Carson Wentz. And I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz for a second. I was afraid because the way we have been able to win football games and 10 football games, when Jonathan Taylor rushed for over a hundred yards, we only lost one time. And the first time was the week before against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I was alarmed and it, it was worrisome all year long that if for whatever reason, if we had to throw the football and depend on throwing the football in the passing game, could we do it? We got behind early in this football game. Now, obviously it changes some things. You can't run as much as you would like. You got to throw the ball a lot more, but yet our receivers couldn't get open. And the passing game was what we thought it would be. It was inconsistent when we had to rely on it. Mm-hmm. And Carson Winston helped the cause. There was some bonehead plays here and there, but you know, the, the terrible interception, you know, the, the, the series before the interception, you know, obviously it's a, it's a tip ball. So it was a 50, 50 ball. Obviously, it gets turned over, and then the next year, as you come back and you throw a, a poor seven route uh, to uh, your tight end, and it gets intercepted. And it was just like, man, they couldn't stop the bleeding. This is a poor performance when you needed it the most from your pro bowlers to step up, from your 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 quarterback that you brought over with the hopes of being the difference maker of a championship roster. He wasn't that at all. I don't know what the heck happened that last week leading up to the game, but this team looked flat and unprepared and I'm ready to play, which is, which is disturbing for me. And we all know the team knows that Carson Wentz is kind of an up and down kind of guy, right? And you need to be able to help him out as well. The offensive line did him absolutely zero favors in this game. The wide receivers dropped passes left and right that they should have caught. Uh, there was right. a high pass to Michael Pittman, but that's where he likes right. it, right? High. Right. That's what's the right. kind of receiver he is. You got you to hit him it. right smack in the hands, and he and he just let it go right through his hands. He dropped a mm. dime to Paris Campbell deep downfield. Paris yep. drops it on third down. There was so many plays. And then on top of that, I talked about this. I can't just leave the players on the field uh, responsible for the passing game. Mm-hmm. Frank Reich saw what was going on, yeah. knew Carson had no time, knew yeah. that there was issues getting first downs. He should have started calling plays where there were shorter routes, quicker mm-hmm. releases, rather than these long drag, drag out 10, 15 plus yard plays where Carson Wentz had to hold on to the football. I agree with you a thousand percent. And there was no creativity from an offensive play caller standpoint. When you're, the Jacksonville Jaguars are driving down the down the field on you, and yet our defense, you know, arguably for the most part of the season, they played pretty well. They were able to turn the ball over at a high clip, which was great. 
but you weren't able to turn the ball over. And Carson Wentz, to your point, Frank Wright, just, and you're right. There's enough blame to go around here because the coaches, you're right. They, if if your, you know, star-studded offensive line is getting manhandled, help them out. Screens, tight end, uh, receiver screens, uh, running back screens, you know, the RPO. There was no RPO. I didn't see any of that. You know, runs pat, run pass option, you know. I didn't see any creativity from an offensive standpoint, but it was this was this was mind blowing. This is mind blowing to me. I just don't understand how this team could come out so flat to 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 work so hard to to come out of a one and four hole to start the season and to be playing meaningful football in the month of December and now January. And here we are talking about them being at home watching the playoffs when two weeks ago. Both of us and a lot of other people talking heads feared that the Colts were a dangerous team if they were to limp into these playoffs. And now you look at who's in the playoffs and looking at the game after the Colts with the between the Chargers and the Raiders. Now we have a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers that are in. And quite frankly, the Colts, in my opinion, are a lot better than this, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot has fallen in play because of the domino effect of the Colts not going out and take care of business. But there was one play for me that was indicative of the game. And during the broadcast, Brian Gumble said it. It was, I guess it was his one of his favorite lines from, from an offensive standpoint. If you're not able to gain one yard, then you don't deserve to win the game. Yep. We had, I mean, one yard line, fourth and goal, game is on the line. This is the biggest game thus far for this football team, for the coaching staff, for everyone involved, and you can't get one yard. That, to me, was the end of the game. It was over from that standpoint because it was deflating. I'm sure deflating for the players, deflating from the offense. It's like, hey, hey, wait a minute. We have the best running back in the game. We have one of the better offensive lines in the game, and we can't get one yard against the worst football team in 2021. Yeah. I, it's my it's mind blowing to me. I, I have no answers for that. I really don't. I I don't understand. Like like you said, there was no creativity. And, and real quick, you don't deserve to be on here right now. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, real quick. I mean, I still got enough cold stuff back here. So yeah, yeah no, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have the hat on. That's, yeah, that's there you go. It. There, you, I got white. Yeah. I got half the Colts on. Right here. I got <laughs> right, white, right. no blue though. Um, it's embarrassing, man. It really is. It's embarrassing. Man, Fuzzy Whistler's in here says, uh, very, very disappointed in the Colts' performance on Sunday. Hopefully, hoping for a better turnout next season, regardless. Still a forever a Colts fan. And uh, we got John Davis in here says the exact same thing. We have mm. diehard Colts fans, but diehard Colts fans deserve much better than what yeah. we saw against the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Mm. I mean, good Lord. Now, you, you said you was talking about how. I'll get back to that point where there was no creativity. You was talking about RPOs. One of the best things that we could have done to help free up Jonathan Taylor is have those. R Carson Wentz is known. He, he, he don't mind, you know, running the RPO, uh, fake the handoff to Jonathan Taylor up the gut, take off along the outside edge for the first down. Right. You know, he does right. that all the time, or, or we see it quite a bit. None of that. You know what else would help? You know, a little bit of play action. I think I saw one play action play the entire night. Really? I mean, come yeah. on. You got yeah. the best. Uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, you, it's frustrating. yeah, it's frustrating. Right, right. I, I, I don't know 
who's how this team I mean it was an energy for me they were they were unprepared they were they were absolutely unprepared for me and that's that's kind of putting it all in a button but you can there's there's a lot to there's a lot of blame to go around here and you know I'm I'm looking at someone I I took some notes because I knew I would forget some things um just about this game and the fourth down I mentioned, it's just there was no spark. This team needed one play, one spark, one big play, offensively or defensively, and it was just nothing. This team came out flat, came out flat, had no answers. It was almost as if they thought they were. this was a shoe-in. This was an automatic win for them because of the stakes, because they thought, hey, we have a 2-14 and 14 team. If we get up on them early, which they didn't, if they would have, I think it would have changed the the energy of the game, the momentum of the game. But yet, this two and fourteen team, with everything that they had to go through, the firing of a coach, you know, all the turmoil internally, you know, every player and every coach understands we don't really have much to play for other than to knock our rivals out of the playoffs. But more than likely, we'll probably have a job someplace else. There's a lot at play here, a lot at play, and for them to to not score multiple not to make the game competitive this game was over from the beginning which is it's hard for me to it's hard for me to fathom it really is and i don't know if chris ballard or these guys i'm gonna talk about wins for a second are having a, a little bit of buyer's remorse because on paper statistically carson wentz had a respectable season on the surface right but we talk about it all the time those WTF moments, the sack that he took, the sack fumble that happened in the third quarter when you need momentum, you need spark, you need a play, you need to sustain a drive, but yet one of your offensive linemen gets beat, fair enough. It's first down. Take the freaking sack because at this point, the problem with the offense had been they weren't getting the early down success that we had been accustomed to by running the football with Jonathan Taylor being ahead of schedule. So we have a third and manageable, a third and five or less. Those are where we 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 strive offensively. I go back to the play. First down, first series, you know, third quarter. Take the freaking sack. I don't know if you saw, I rewound that play three or four times. Was he trying to pitch it to someone? I don't know what the hell happens when Carson Wentz when the moment he has to make a high percentage decision. He buckles sometimes. And that's that to me is 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 worrisome. I've always said it. And that was a moment that changed the momentum of the game. Yet our defense was able to um to hold him to a field goal. So now that the, the score, I believe, went from three to thirty three to three to sixteen at this point. And it was just like one of those, those bad decisions that become compounded. It was like we couldn't stop the bleeding. We couldn't stop it. We couldn't stop that freight train of the Jacksonville Jaguars because they were firing on all cylinders. The, the stadium was, was into it. The players were into it. I almost felt like they were surprised. They were actually, you know, dominating the game in the fashion they were. All right. So I got a uh... – a donation. He used the donation in the in the, the uh, link that's right at the top of the description of the video. Got a couple of them now, back to back. We're going to get to both of them right now. The first one uh, was three minutes ago while you were talking. He said uh, it's from Colts loyalist. He says, "Where's mm-hmm. the 
character the last two weeks. We keep hearing character guys. Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> right? right. And right. I, I get that. You know, those are the guys that you need to step up character wise and be leaders and, and be like, look, look what's happening out here. We have right. to turn things around. This is where you need your, your, your uh, Darius Leonard's and, and your yeah. Quentin Nelson's to yeah. step up and be like, we're Kenny getting Moore. dominated. What the hell? Right. It was flat. You know, you watch the, the sideline during the game. It was guys with their heads down, guys just like, mind blown. How are we in this situation? Too bad. Yep. And then the other one, $5 from Gorgian Ninkowski. Uh, appreciate the $5. He also used the tip jar. Appreciate that very much. He says, uh, how does Frank Wright keep his job after this loss? Yeah. He's been all last few weeks. He's been on the fire Frank Wright things. He says he must go. You need an alpha type leader when it's, um, excuse me, while I open this up a little bit more so I can read it better, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, uh, <laughs> when it's not going right to wake you up and remind you that you are the team that has everything to play for, and they did. They had yeah. everything to play for yesterday and this yeah yeah it was a signature moment a signature moment for a coach and for anyone on that football team especially your pro bowlers to to wake up and show the franchise the fan base your teammates your coaches hey i'm a guy you can depend on i'm a guy you can rely on in crunch time and i can't i can't pick one player out to say you know what he showed me, and I, I get it. We didn't watch the all twenty-two, and I'm sure there was some. There was a lot of good things that happened in that ball game. I'm sure of it. But collectively, as a unit, as a whole, as a team, they laid an egg, man. They yeah. laid a freaking egg. And it, now to to the um, the point that was brought up about Frank Wright being fired, I think it's re- it's a reasonable reaction. I think. If I were to put my GM hat on and front office hat on and, and try to live in that space for a second, I think every player and every coach needs to be evaluated, right? And when you lose in the fashion, the way they lost to a really bad football team that you, everyone expected you to beat handedly for you to walk into the playoffs with some momentum because, hey, you went out and dominated a Buffalo Bills team. You went out and, and, and beat a Cardinals team with backups. You play some meaningful football the last quarter of the season. You beat New England finally, you, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and so it is. I'm lost for words when I think about this game, and I think it's fair to say, is Frank Wright the man for the job? Uh, is Carson Wentz the guy that you know the difference maker that you're going to pay north of twenty some odd million dollars to next season? I know the last two years of his contract aren't guaranteed but it's it's a fair assessment where is he the man for but this was a signature moment and this is this this was a month this was a win this was a game where you had to win to save your job you know we all know in this business you win or you don't you win you stay around or you win or you go home you know so uh this is going to be very interesting to see how this offseason plays out uh, what type of help, wh- where are they going to focus? You know, are they going to get more weapons offensively, more receivers, more pass catchers, more dynamic playmakers? Because it was too stagnant for me. This offense was 
was too stagnant when in crunch time when we needed that creativity that Frank Wright has been known to pull out of the bag. There wasn't anything to, to jumpstart this offense into some momentum, some big play, some spark play, a reverse, or, or like we talked about earlier, some screen passes to kind of soften this um, um, Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And, oh, by the way, we didn't run no huddle until late in that football game. You know, that's a great, you know, counterpunch to a defensive line that's dominating your offensive line. Let's let's hit them with the hurry up. Let's let's right. tire these guys out a bit. And now we can run some RPOs and now we can get some big runs by JT. And now we can soften them up. And now we can kind of take control of an offensive rhythm standpoint. There was none of it, any of it. So I think it's fair to say now I don't want the guy to lose his job. I don't think it's worthy of losing his job, but it's fair to reassess and say, hey, you know, this is a big moment. And, you know, from player to coach, they completely just lost that moment and that momentum and just a critical game. Well, what's, what's, what's even frustrating. If you step back and look at the last two weeks, we lost to two teams who you talked about how the Jaguars have been going through this whole year and everything's just been so bad on them. And the, the, the Raiders were too, you know, two of the teams in the NFL that's been going through the worst situations teams could go through. And yet we lost to them. Okay. And that does step up with the coaching that does step up with your leaders on the team, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's when you do need to kind of reevaluate some stuff. Uh, I'm still of the mindset of, I got to let Carson Wentz run a second year. Um, Just be, unless, unless a prime quarterback somehow falls on our lap. Yeah, agree. You know, I agree. Mean, I mean, if a prime, if Aaron Rodgers is like, dude, I'll play for you. I'm, I'm not turning him down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Or Russell Wilson, if that right. potentially. Right. Yeah, it has to be a significant upgrade. A yeah. guy that you know that can upgrade and be a difference maker. But, uh, you know, because I look at it and I look at the last four years for the Colts and we've had a different quarterback year after year after year. And no one's had any continuity from year after year. Uh, mm-hmm. player wise or coaching wise, you know, quarterback is that guy, most important player on the team. You need him year after year. So you could get, you know, right. that continuity with the players and the coaches and the schemes and stuff like that. And I am going to bring up something that we talked about earlier. That is a little bit, you know, uh, I mean, probably kind of a sore spot for you, uh, when you were playing with the Browns. Uh, the mm-hmm. Browns went through that situation, you know, year after year, changing their yes. quarterbacks, right? Yes. And it's it's difficult to get out of that until you find someone and stick with them and and, and figure out something, right? Right, right. And you have to be willing to, to be honest with, mm-hmm. okay, because right now the Colts have a window of having a championship roster. And we all know when some of these contracts started uh, expiring, some of these rookie contracts from some of our top players, they're gonna they're gonna garner some big money, and so right now, while you have the chance, you have to capitalize on this roster. And if it takes a guy that's a serviceable guy, if Carson Wentz can say, you know what, I'm gonna be a serviceable guy, I'm not gonna screw this up for my team. I think, oh, man, I don't know, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how you fucking fix it. I don't. I'm so pissed at this game. 
I really oh, am because there's I no way this too. team should have been left out of the playoffs. Mm-mm. No way. Mm-mm. No freaking way. I've never been a part. And you brought something up earlier about you asked me about a guy that I played with in Cleveland, mm-hmm. Derrick yep. Anderson. And before you can finish the question, I knew where you were headed. And I had never thought of it until you brought it to my attention. Derrick Anderson in 2007 or 8 for the Cleveland Browns, when I was there, we won 10 games. We were 10 and 6. Didn't make the playoffs. Next year, not so not a good year. We ended up drafting you know, uh, Brady Quinn the following year. Mm-hmm. Long story short, Derek Anderson was a pro bowl, went from a pro bowler to a backup overnight. Yeah. And when I look at Carson Wentz and I look at the intangibles that he brings, he has this big arm. He can make every throw on the field. He's got the vision. He's smart. He can read defenses. But the similarities between those two guys and the thing that I feel like kind of hindered their – kind of uh, career, kind of stifled stifled Derek Anderson's career. We can't say that about Carson Wentz right now. But I think what what hindered both, what's going to hinder ultimately hinder Carson Wentz and what hindered Derek Anderson was their decision making yeah. in crucial moments. You know, that's the big that's the biggie. That's the biggie. You know, when when you you sign on the guy to be a difference maker as a quarterback, you want him to be a difference maker whether it's with his arm whether it's through his decision-making, whether it's through playing boring football, but you're not putting your team in harm's way. You're not being the reason this team isn't being successful. So I, I, I think these two guys have a lot of similarities. And next year, if Carson Wentz is the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, next year will be the determining factor. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision. You have to make it. If he doesn't give you those moments, and I'm not talking about on paper – you look at it. If you haven't watched the game, you look at his stats, touchdown to interception ratio, you can win with that. But the moments for me, the big moments, the crunch time, the difference-making ability, different, the, 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 the crunch time moments, that's what separates the good from the average and the, the good from the great, in my opinion. And these two guys, Derek Anderson and Carson Wentz, have a lot of similarities, a lot. And I think Carson Wentz, if he doesn't get this corrected, with a guy that he had a ton of success with in 2017, I don't think no one can get him back to that 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 moment of time where he was playing the best football of his career. All right. Goki Colts fan with another $5 donation by using the link in the description of the video. Uh, he says, DQ, uh, LO, thank you for doing this all season. Hey, we appreciate it. We're here for you. That's why yeah, we're we doing appreciate it. appreciate it. Um, yes. I donated with the wrong name a minute ago. My bad. Uh, it's all good, man. <laughs> we just appreciate the donation in the first place. We appreciate you just being here and watching and liking the stream. Hint, hint, clue, clue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this loss is not on one dude. It's no. about mindset. But it all starts and ends with the head coach. Does it not, Dequell, as a yeah. player? Mm-hmm. It, it does. So this is, again... There's enough blame to go around for everyone. And I look at the stars on this team. I go to the head coach. I go to the stars on this team. Did the head coach perform? Was the head coach the reason? Were the the, the six, seven pro bowlers that we have, were they the reason? Did they step up? Did they play well? No. No one did. They We got out coached. We got out played. We got out prepared. There was no energy. But it does start with the head coach. But – at the end of the day, 
as a player, you play with pride. You understand what's at stake. You understand at the end of the day, you're the one out there either miss, missing or making a tackle or making a big throw or catching the winning touchdown pass or whatever the case may be. So um, I do think the head coach shares a lot of the responsibility by having his team not prepared to win the game. It's a win and you're in situation. And this this is what you this, this is the product that you leave with for the rest of the season. We're going to remember this game. The last game that you were on, that you had a chance to go to the playoffs. This that's, is what you put for. That's such a great point. You're not thinking for the next three months while you're off, not doing the sitting at home. Some of you, some of them's going to be rehabbing. Some of them's going to be hanging with family. Some's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, obviously doing some workouts and stuff. You're not going to be sitting there thinking, man, we finally beat the Patriots. Or, right. man, we took the Super Bowl champions down to the last drive of the game where, wow, we blew Buffalo out. No, right. it's we got our asses handed to us by a two right. and 14 team. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a team that you're very familiar with, you're very familiar with. So was it a letdown where they, did they walk into this week, you know, overconfident? No, because you hadn't won there in, six seven years you know so i i don't know i don't know what the hell was going on uh, you know i i couldn't even look at the post com- the press conferences after the game because I, I was just too i couldn't do it i couldn't I go didn't down either i watched i watched it this morning i i couldn't i couldn't i didn't want to hear the excuses that they want to come up with because every guy on that team owns and sh- should share some responsibility in this because it was it was outright embarrassing well, I mean, Frank Reich was talking about how, well, we, we went to the run game too late in the season. We, we we leaned on that too late in the season, and it affected our passing no. game, and our passing game never got in rhythm. I'm sorry. The passing game never got – okay, so the passing game was uh, started out of rhythm because of, you know, the offseason. You know, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz you wasn't, th- wasn't there to throw to people. So, obviously, right. you know, that was a situation. But he had 17 weeks – Right. To get things down. Right. And the end product was what happened yesterday. That's what right. you look at. 17 weeks. Right. And yesterday was the end product. And I'm right. sorry, but that 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 product looks like it done went through someone's digestive system because that was a <laughs> toilet bowl. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And you can't make this excuse. Oh, because. You're making issues because we won a certain way. It didn't allow us to throw the football. Wait, ho, ho, wait a minute. You're supposed to be this offensive guru. You're supposed to be the guy that understands Carson Wentz's psyche and how to motivate him into becoming a better football player, a better passer to control the passing game. And to your point, this is what you gave us? This last product that you left on the field for us to talk about and remember until next season rolls around, we have to yeah. we have to look at this vomit. We have to look at it. We have to yeah. we have to you know. It, gosh, it's not like not like how we ended last season, where we you know just came one play shy of moving on in the playoffs against the Bills. You know, at least right. we had our head held high when we walk away because we, we we came out of that game and it looked like the Colts were out there, the players, the coaches, they were out there right. and they put everything on the line, right? Just to get, and they yeah. were playing their yeah. butts off. This game, I'm telling you, 
it looked like no one was ready, like their head wasn't in the game. And Darius even said, uh, you know what? We practiced really, really well, you know, this week as compared mm-hmm. to the week before. You know, we, mm-hmm. we should have had it. But it sure as heck didn't look like it. Colts Loyalist just dropped another $5 into the tip jar. Appreciate you. Loyalist and Goki is is, a, is a dropping some money in there. I got another one yeah. in there as well. Hold on. Hold on. So Loyalist says we won games we were supposed to all year. All year. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he says the last two games seem like we lost our fight. Now, mm-hmm. did all these games since, since week four, and Cyborg, and I'll, I'll get to your stuff in a second. Uh, but since week four, the Colts have been in playoff mode basically the entire season. Entire right? season. Entire season. Been playing knockout, drag out fights right. all year. Could that have had a psychological effect at the end of the year? Yes. Yes. Uh, and I go back to, you You sparked a thought in my head about Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. The week leading up to the Raiders, how he mentioned on a on a Zoom call that practice needed to be better, that that wasn't worth. That's not the practice we need to put forward right now during this course of a season where, as you alluded to, every game since starting one and four has been a playoff field. You had to win that many. You had to approach it mentally like that. And when I go back and look and when I think about those comments and what happened, that is a telltale, a, a, a tall tale sign of was this team mentally exhausted? Because any 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 veteran football team understands the course of the the, the the last quarter of the season is just as important as the first quarter of the season. And if you have to remind guys, hey, we need to practice better, we need to keep those habits going, maybe that was a sign of them being mentally fatigued. And maybe they were just spent, you know, all the tough games and close games they had played to get themselves, put themselves in this position had finally caught up because everyone that said, made a, uh, had a question today and even watching the game, everyone can agree. They just lack just energy. They lack mm-hmm. fight. And that's not this football team. You don't have this many pro bowlers without it, without them caring about the game and about the guys they're playing for. So for them to come in this game unprepared and seem overmatched and to lose in the fashion where it wasn't competitive, this game wasn't competitive. So, yeah, I do think the mental toll caught up with this fairly young football team. And there's a lot of lessons being learned right now, you know, from from I don't care how good you may think you are individually, how good you may think your unit is and how well you're playing. It doesn't matter because this game is a week to week. Prove it in and out football game and you go into the offseason you know I, I can't imagine being in that locker room i couldn't imagine being that plane ride back home to indianapolis from jacksonville i bet you it was silent i bet you could have heard a pin drop mm-hmm. because no one wanted to no this is embarrassing man it's embarrassing to be a part of it it really is it really uh, uh, the, i feel bad for the ursays because they 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 really invest in their football team. They really try to make everything avail- available for the players and coaches, from food to you know medical equipment or what have you. They want to make this con- your your situation there 
uh, a community uh, because they understand that's what drives the winning culture is the community and the culture within. So these character guys that we talked about, yeah, they, they yeah, they, they, they really stumbled out the gate here, man. They really Absolutely. stumbled in the yep. finish line, I should say. All right, Cyborg, let's get to your, uh, your uh, donation again. Thank you for using the link in the description. $5 again. Cyborg says, when there's a lot of cherries to pick about Wentz's game, something's wrong. Shout out to Frank McMahon, who is a subscriber of mine, uh, and went another subscriber of mine that went to the game. I think I had four of them that went yeah. down to Jacksonville. Yeah. Support Die Coach Nation. Fans. Yes, and, 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 and had to go through what they had to go through. Uh, would love to hear from you, bud, after the game. So shout out to Frank McMahon and, and, and all those that went out there. Thank you yeah. for going out there and supporting your Colts on the road in a divisional uh, game, last game of the year. That's that's huge. And yeah. uh, I, I almost guarantee even, even the, the players, coaches, they see you guys out there and they appreciate the fact that that's not a small drive. That's a long drive. No, that's a big, that's a big drive. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big that's drive. A, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So you brought up a little bit uh, earlier about Ursay. And I uh, just want to TJ sports takes uh, here in the chat early on in the chat asked, uh, do you think Ursay makes significant changes this off season? Do I think he would want to? Yeah, but he's got some people in place that uh, calm him down a bit. And I don't think anything needs to be drastic because what are the alternatives? You fire a head coach. You, you don't bring Carson Wentz back, and now you're starting from square one. We still have a championship roster. You still have some things you can work on. I know it may sound like we're uh, we're not giving these guys a chance, but you are who you are. You are who you are. And they finished the, – they're not playing in the postseason, so you're not – I can't say this is a championship roster anymore because you are who you are. And um, – I don't think anything drastic will happen. I think Chris Ballard has done a phenomenal job, the GM, of building this team from the draft. He has homegrown talent. Uh, is the quarterback that is Achilles' heel for most NFL teams. There's going to be a lot of head coaching vacancies. There's going to be a lot of assistant coaches that are available, good quality assistant coaches that are available. Maybe there's some wrinkles here and there from an assistant coach standpoint, but I don't think you make a drastic move by – I think it's fair to assess the head coach and say, hey, you know, does this feel like a fireboy offense? Hell yeah, it does. But realistically, no, we shouldn't make drastic changes like that. But I don't I think from within a coordinator standpoint or assistance here and there, I think there could be some changes for sure. That's funny. You mentioned coordinator Larry Brown in our chat says fire Eberflus like yesterday. And <laughs> Eberflus <laughs> is getting a uh interview right like shortly isn't he for yes yes jacksonville, for the jacksonville. actually yes yeah. for the jacksonville job so he probably had that interview while he was there um do you think oh. yeah that that sounds horrible i'm not gonna say that yeah, yeah he I, probably did after the game yeah he probably you know it's <laughs> he a was chance. probably actually the game was probably his his interview he was like you know what i'm gonna show you guys what i'm <laughs> not going to do uh, <laughs> it, it looked like that at times I, yeah, thought right? was, I thought the defense played too soft and didn't challenge a bad football team especially mm -hmm. a guy who was coming off of a three interception game you know i thought we would play some zone because we you know 
zone match concept to, to get our eyeballs on the quarterback so we can make plays on the ball. But man, everyone seemed to be open. It seems to Trevor Lawrence found all the holes in our defense. We weren't close. We didn't seem like we were challenging receivers at the point of attack or at the ball. So uh, Flus definitely, this is not all the hype leading up to this game. I think he lost a little bit of juice after this one because I, I didn't see any fight in these guys. He, they were playing unmotivated. So there's been a lot of talk all season, especially when uh, a lot of your blindside rushes have been hitting home over on Carson Wentz with the Eric Fisher spot. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Quentin Nelson. Um, JDW Sports Talk Show, appreciate you guy being in here. And a few other people like Larry Brown and, and others uh, says, uh, should Nelson be moved to left tackle and just re-sign Golowinski and Reed to play the guard positions? No, no, no. You keep Nelson where he is. That's the teeth of the defense. You have to keep him where he is. That's where he's comfortable. He's made a name for himself. You, got, you establish a running game with uh, Jonathan Taylor. You don't move him. But you can go out and, and find someone in this draft. You can go out and find someone to protect that blind side because that's the most one of the most important positions on the field next to the quarterback. You know, he Real, has you to gonna find yeah. a starting left tackle with a second round pick or later. You can find a serviceable guy. You can find a ser <laughs> serviceable guy because right now you have you 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 have to assume everyone can be is uh, how do you say it uh, is um expendable you know you have to assume that when you don't make the playoffs there's no one there's no one that's untradeable there's no one that can't be drafted over that's the mindset as a gm you have to take you can't fall in love with i mean there's certain guys right you know nelson is one guy that you don't look to draft over him but you know in other areas you got to upgrade this team you got to do what's best for this team and clearly Absolutely. Eric Fisher struggled coming off of injury. He worked his way back, but he just wasn't a sh he was a shell of himself all year long. Now, with an offseason with the uh, together as a unit, would that make a difference? I think so. But you have to take a hard look at it. So what do you so that raises the question? How do you upgrade this team in which areas? You know, the O-line is pretty solid. But if you can add some depth where depth was a huge issue for us. For this football team when you didn't have your key cogs up and available you know obviously we didn't see a ton of the passing game but you have to assume you're going to struggle you know when you don't have a ryan uh, nelson or, or ryan kelly that's out uh so you know how do you upgrade this team how do you make this team better do you go out and get a top end wide receiver and you know especially if ty leaves there's uh mentions in here like, um, who was it? I think uh, Yakaya 12 and Larry Brown talking about Calvin Ridley wanting to be out of Atlanta. Is mm. that someone maybe that Indy goes wow. looks at? Or maybe Allen Robinson in Chicago where he definitely doesn't want to be there? Yeah, you, you need a one-two punch. You need a guy on the opposite end that can stretch the field and that is a, a consistent catcher. You have to uh, because look at, look, look at this – Look at the game we just witnessed. You know, mm -hmm. we get behind. Obviously, it kind of negates your run, your 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 run game, and how you want to call runs because now you have to work your way back into this game fairly quickly. So you have to be able to throw the football. If this team is going to have the identity of running and setting up the pass, you play extra pass. 
you need guys on both ends. You look at the Arizona Cardinals. You look at AJ Green and 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 what's the other uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Teams that have dual threat at the receiving core are a problem. You know, so yeah, Calvin Ridley is a, in my opinion, is a great, great shoe in guy that you know what you're getting. He can, you know, he's going to add instant production to your offense. And does that help Carson Wentz? Absolutely, more targets. So. Um, I think this offense doesn't have dynamic players like, uh, you know, I watched this game this past um, weekend and you look at a guy like Debo Samuels from the 49ers, you know, it's a guy that you can hand the ball off to. He can run reverses. He, he threw a touchdown for Christ's sake. You need a dynamic playmaker that you can add to this equation of play uh, or production on your offense. There's two you know, play. So. There's three players that San Francisco's not going to let go, and one of right, them right. No, no, yeah, right. No, no, no. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> They're but, the tight end, Bosa. Neither yeah. all three of those no. guys are right there. I, I would take all, any three of those guys, but they ain't mm-hmm. going nowhere. <laughs> but you need a you need a guy that can. That's you know you look at um, who was the receiver that just came back from us, um, Paris um, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. You know can take the top off of a defense. But, you know, I guess and he's kind of limited. Right. But dropped one of them, and then the other one came off his fingertips. And then another pass, Carson Wentz just threw – I think he threw it away. Mm-hmm. Campbell was running an out route, wide open, and Wentz was running and threw it, and it was just way off target. Yeah. Way – he he would have had to have been ten foot tall to catch that football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need a dynamic guy like that. You can run reverses or gadget guy. You can you know mm-hmm. throw a bubble screen to and and let him you know make guys miss. You got to look for something dynamic like that if our offense is going to be predicated on running the football first. You know you, you're going to have to. This last game just you know with no creativity from the coaches. Uh, Frank Wright just, okay, we're just going to line up and do and line up and try to chuck the ball down the field and catch back up in this game when we haven't consistently been good at doing that all year. <clears throat> all right. Uh, now, okay, Alpha Wolf says, I guess I'm not a true fan then because he doesn't want to keep Wentz. Honestly, you can be a true fan and just have an opinion. It's all good, okay? It's all everyone, good. Everyone has a right to their opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Riley Taylor. Says yo 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 from England, UK, representing. Oh, there Appreciate we go. you being in here. Thank you so much. Um, man, there's a lot of talk in here, so I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, Thrillix is in here talking about Carson Wentz again. A lot of people, a lot of upsetness with this. Yeah. Um, they and, have and, every right and every he's, right. He should be a difference maker. We he mm-hmm. was the number two overall pick. He's been around for six years. He's be re, he was reunited with a coach that he had early success with. It's okay that he's not the difference maker right now, but as a team, as a fan base, as a fan, we have to understand. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna put the team on your back. You're not gonna throw us into any victories anymore. We can we have to we have to move away from that 2017 season that he had. And even I I've fall I've have fallen victim to this many a times, thinking he's that guy. So there's a reason why we this this Colts football team won the way they did because they couldn't rely on his arm. They couldn't rely on his decision. They couldn't rely on the passing game. 
to consistently push the ball down the field. Now, we've seen glimpses. Don't get me wrong. We've seen glimpses throughout the year. We've seen Carson Wentz throw dimes. But to save him from himself, you know, you have to find a way to, you know, take the ball out of his hands. Yep. Take the ball out of his hands at the end of the day. Driggs801 says, how can we hear O-line has depth issues and our O-line has no depth all in one season? It's pretty simple. Uh, the Colts have depth on the interior of the offensive line. It's the mm-hmm. edges, the tackles they have no depth at. Yeah, right. we, we, Yeah, we, we, we're, we're fine uh, in the center of it. Supposedly, except for you know what we saw this past yeah. week, where they yeah. every one of them played like crap, even yeah. Quentin Nelson. Um, yeah. uh, but but the tackles, uh, outside of Braden Smith and Eric Fisher, where we were just terrible at tackle, yeah. and, and yeah. Eric Fisher's not great by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, he could he could run block and he's serviceable. We need something better and younger, mm-hmm. right? Is what yeah. I'm, I'm getting at with Fisher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rianta James. Now this is a, I'm, I'm assuming this is a hypothetical. If we don't have Eberflus, like he gets hired for, um, a head coach somewhere or something, mm-hmm. um, or he gets terminated. Uh, right. but Rihanna asks, what about Brian Flores as I was going to say that coordinator? Listen, I wasn't reading it. You didn't have it up, but I, that was the first mind that popped in my head, Brian Flores. But I do think Brian Flores will probably get a head coaching gig someplace. Yeah, me too. But it definitely has to be someone. He's probably high on a lot of people's list of being a defensive coordinator. He can walk in and he's had success everywhere he's been from a defensive standpoint. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy that I'm keeping an eye on for sure. Yep. Henny Tanya, shout out to you for having the same thought process in there as well as us. Um, Darius Butler is in, in, in here, but it's, it's not that Darius Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got two R's <laughs> on his name. Um, and then I was going to say, say whatever it was he said, and then he retracted the message. Oh, all right. Okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> own it. Own it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> probably an honest mistake. Honestly. Yeah, it probably was. Uh, JT Miller. What's up? Appreciate you being in here. Toxic Tommy. Uh, 2021 Carson Wentz uh, going with the seasonal stats, 32, 30 yards, 17, uh, regular season games actually played all games mm-hmm. this year. Only the third time in his six year career that he's done that yeah. 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, seven fumbles, 25 sacks and 308 rushing yards hmm. on the surface. That does not look bad. At all. No. But when you look at Carson Wentz and you know for a fact that at (laughs) least once a game, there is a what the F moment. Yeah. Every game. Every game. It it makes you, you know, really question whether (laughs) Wentz is the guy or not. It's a head scratcher. And I don't think he – the problem lies if he's not the guy, then who? Yeah. Unless you could pull off some magical trade to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you you have to be a Houdini to 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 bring in a guy that is an instant upgrade at the position. If not, you start from scratch. Absolutely. And you you don't have the time for that. You don't have the the roster says we need to win now. We can win now. Now you have to really develop the rapport with Carson Wentz 
in this offense and, and come up with a plan. How can we improve this offense? There's a probably a good chance T.Y. Hilton won't be back, so you don't have that contract hovering over you, which I don't think it was, you know, uh, they could manage it. But you got to go out and get a difference maker. I love Jack Doyle to death. Uh, I thought the tight ends played decent. But you need you 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 need someone to stretch the field, um, to put stress on the defense from an interior standpoint and on the edges. I think that would that would do a guy like Carson Wentz very well. You know, given he plays within the, the framework of an offense defensively, you gotta you know more depth. More depth is always good, but mm-hmm. the corner situations, Xavier Rhodes, you know, you have to you have to figure some things out. And late in the season. Just a pass rush, man. We 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 need. I mean, obviously, every team wants a guy that's a double, that's a ten sack, double digit sack guy. But I think we do have guys up front that can get it done. Um, I just think they, you know, when they stumbled out of the gates. It was really hard to to, to yeah. really sustain that with an extra game this year. Like guys ran out of gas. Yeah, talked Kamoko, about it early. Kamoko yeah. Ture has, uh, I think, six sacks. He only played 20% of the snaps this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Missed a few games due to a hip injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like what Torre brings. I yeah. like uh, the progression progression that Quiddy Pay has been showing. But yes. where were they? Where were they for the most part of uh, last night's game? Poofer the Puffin is in the chat. And I'm going to assume this is a Jaguars fan. <laughs> and I am going to say you're right. Okay, he says this is what I hate about other team, other teams in this division. You never want to give credit to the other team that put you in your place. It's just, man, we suck. No, the Jaguars are just better. I will say this: they was better on Sunday. Yeah, they were better Sunday. They wanted it more Sunday. All right, yeah. Trevor Lawrence looked really freaking good that game. Yes, Josh Allen and that defensive tackle. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. He they were studs yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. good lord. So I I will give them credit. They played. Yeah, we give them credit. Tough, you know. Yeah. But the Colts did lay a turd on the field. They played okay? their worst football game. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah, this is this is not this is not a situation where we played you really hard and you played really hard and just the the better team won. I'm right. sorry, I'm you're not going to get that from me. You guys yeah. played hard and you deserve to win. The Jaguars deserve to win that game because they no played doubt. like they needed to win that game even though they didn't. You put your number 1 pick at risk, right? <laughs> but but to be fair, to be fair, and I want to lay this out there Coaches and players do not tank, okay? No, no. They their their paychecks are on the line. All right? right, flat out. You don't go out there and go, oh, we need to lose all the games this year so that we can get the first round pick. Because <laughs> no. that's just stupid. All right? <laughs> right, they're not out there playing Madden. They're playing actual football. All right, they want to <laughs> win. They want to earn their money. This is their job, right? right. So right. You, you're going out there. We're not getting a team that's trying to lose. We're going out there with uh, going up against a team that's trying to save face, trying right. to play for pride, and, and the fact of going, you know what? We have a chance to knock at the, our division rivals out yeah. of the playoffs, and they yeah. played harder than what we, than, than what the Colts wanted to play to get right. into the playoffs. Right. So and it, credit yeah. to Jacksonville and, on that. Yeah. No, I, you you laid that out 
beautifully. I, I'm with you. Jacksonville Jaguars deserve to win the game on Sunday. They, mm-hmm. from the from the first whistle to the last, they outplayed the Colts. They were out coached in every category. Every category. They won the 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 the, the up uh, up front battle. They completely bullied and put the Colts in their place. But I'm not going to say they're a better football team. Because if they were a better football team, they would have been playing for something more than pride. Yeah, exactly. You know, simple as that. Uh, but I do think even I underestimated the ability for a team that's really wasn't playing for anything other than pride. The week prior, you get a 50-piece dropped on you. No one wants a 50-piece dropped on them. No yeah. one. Everyone played awful. And to back that up and knock a team out of the playoffs, the division – rival uh goes to show you there was a lot they put a lot of weight into that it was a meaningful game and what and was also meaningful for the next head coach to come in to say you know what this team is a really this is an attractive hire you got a first you got a first pick of the draft quarterback a a guy that played really well against a really good defense and really well at a big moment you know so there's a lot to take away from a jacksonville jaguars fan of the new coach coming in that situation but you know, from from overall, I just think the Colts were they were unlucky. And I haven't really I don't really remember other teams in this situation not making the playoffs when they played well enough to be in the playoffs and sitting at home. All right. So somebody in the chat, first off, L.A. Rams, what's going on? We're already over an hour. I don't know how much more time you want to you want to spend here. Uh, talking about the chat or not. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got uh, some LA Rams is a subscriber of mine who actually covers the Rams. Uh, Rams fans been a subscriber for a while ever since we played the Rams because he's liked the channel. It's in there asking people to hit the like button. Appreciate that very, very much. There's yeah. someone in here. I can't read their name because it's in a different type of spelling uh, than mm-hmm. I'm used to. Some kind of script or something. Uh, looks mm-hmm. like E-T-E-A-L-O-C, but I can't quite because it's like a c with a little squiggly at the bottom of it i Mm. cannot but he brings up that person brings up something that i do want to bring up and i appreciate Mm -hmm. you bringing it up in the chat and that is we need to throw more jump balls to Pittman like the Bengals do to higgins we we (laughs) have not seen that that much (laughs) since the san francisco game (laughs) yeah i it's mind-boggling to me it really is when you you clearly win the the height advantage with Pittman and he's clearly had a a breakout season you know i we didn't see any of that we didn't see we saw a general game plan all year but we didn't see a general specific game plan it's like you know what i'm going to use these guys mm-hmm. where they're best at let me let turn him into a red zone threat <laughs> you know throw him a jump ball occasionally i i it, it, this is mind-blowing it really is something so simple where it gets lost somehow some way because i think coaches have a tendency to overcoach and overthink things a, a ton as opposed to just looking at a body type and looking at a, a talent and say you know what you don't need all these let's just throw let's just punt the ball up to you let's see if you are able to be that guy or not you know right. so it is it, is very uh and and those are the things that you you dabble into in the offseason in training camp can this guy be a guy that can you know, win the jump ball and we could throw it to his highest point and he comes down with it. You know, maybe he does have that 
tool in his bag that we've never seen, unfortunately. Yeah. Henny Tanya brings up a question. <laughs> this is going to be a quick discussion. Hey, this is a great question. Should the Colts sign AB? Let's talk about it. No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. He's lost all trust. No, not, not even close. Chris Ballard, the Ursays, they wouldn't even consider that 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 show. No, he, he's a talent, great elite talent, but from the last two or three years, he slowly lost trust within the yeah. organization and from peers. And I don't know AB personally. I wish him the best, but you know, look at what he's doing. He's going on every podcast talking about Tom Brady. He's taking jabs at everyone. You can't yeah. he can't be trusted in those circles. And you know, hell no. I don't want to see him in a Colts uniform. Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I actually, I appreciate everybody that was here with us today. I think yeah, we're going to was... end up ending it. It's, it's still just going. It's going. We yeah. got about 50 people in the chat right now. It's great conversation. Great question. Absolutely. Uh, yes, Seth Jenkins, Calvin Ridley has been mentioned. We've mentioned a lot of stuff. We'll talk more. Uh, on another uh, another stream, I'm sure we're going to be doing live streams more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I think that's just about it. Just let you know, if any Colts players or coaches or Ursay watches this, I just want you to know we're looking forward to next season. We hope and pray that you guys are on point and ready Right. And get this game out of your head. I, you ain't going to yeah. be able to. I know that you're going to no, be thinking a, about this game all offseason, yeah. but, yeah. man, you got to put this behind you. Yeah, they they have to as a player, as a coach, but it's hard to not remember. I don't care how well you played throughout the season. You're remembered by your last play, your last game, and unfortunately this was not – I don't think this was the identity of the Colts, but unfortunately, the the you have 18 weeks, you have 17 weeks to figure this out, to figure it out, to position yourself, and they came up short. There's no there's there's, there's no riddle to it. They came up short with all the great Pro Bowlers and great players and young players they have on this football team, and apparently, you know, they got to go back to the drawing board. Everyone has to take a hard look in the mirror, player, coach, and say, okay, whatever I did last year, wipe that shit out. I need to uh, I need to hit the reset button, and mm-hmm. so I can be a better version of myself, and and you can start better out the gate, so you're not struggling for a win when you're mentally just beat up, you know, because there was an extra game that no one's body had been used to, and one game may not seem like a lot, but hey, one game, um, you know, we've seen it. We've seen a great football team, a really good football team, kind of falter mentally and uh, spirit wise, so. Uh, it's definitely something that they're going to have to shake loose and, and hopefully we're, we're singing a different tune around this time next year. Yep. I think so too. Uh, at least I hope so. Um, because yeah, this is not something I want them to to think about long-term, uh, especially with the Colts going to have, there's going to be so many changes this coming yeah. off season. Yeah. Uh, I think there's only 28 players that are on this current roster Uh that is signed to be on the roster next year. All right. Mm -hmm. And they've got, I think like $56 million or 64 million, not a ton to go out and fill a roster 
with mm-hmm. key spots. And we're talking about right. big money guys like T.Y. Hilton. Uh, right. You know, we, we have to re-sign someone, and that's, you know, right. we're looking at a $10 million spot plus. Right. Left tackle, right. that's a $10 million spot plus. Right. Um, now, I don't know if we're re- – I don't know if we replace – whether Xavier Rhodes comes back or not, he played mm-hmm. well while he was mm-hmm. healthy, but right. I like where our corners yes. are at right now. I think Rocky Sin is doing very, very well. I think Isaiah yeah. Rogers is picking up and getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously we need depth. That's very, very right. important for any team. Right. Um, but there's, there's a lot that we're going to have to go over uh, when it comes to this off season. And we will definitely get to that at some point. We've got plenty mm-hmm. of time between now and free agency and the draft and all that. We'll we'll have mm-hmm. plenty of streams to go over that stuff. Yeah. But uh, any final words, Dequell? No, I'm ready to, you know, get this nasty, you know, taste out of my mouth, man. I, I want to talk about the future of these Colts to dive into that. But again, like you said, for all the, the fans and, and if any players or anyone associated with the Colts are watching, you know, we just want the best and we're here to, you know, like most fans, we we call it how we see it. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun year. It's been a lot. It's been up and down like crazy for the regular season. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this these playoffs unfold and who who ends up with that Lombardi trophy in the end. Absolutely. Thanks so much again. Uh, we will be back. We'll record or go live. I don't know what we're doing, what the plans are. That's kind of out in the open there uh, for this week, but definitely something on Thursday, most likely. Until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's my boy, Dequell Jackson. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And until next time, as usual, yeah, go, Colts. go Colts. This is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.